Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Hey, happy Thursday. When you get to the throes of the middle of winter, third, and you work in sports, especially in the Big Sky Conference, Thursday becomes one of your most favorite days because... It's the day that basketball returns. It is Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide SWX Montana Television. If you want to find us online, it's really easy. You can watch us on the YouTube channel. Please subscribe. We appreciate it if you do. You can also check us out on the live stream. Go to 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live. The live stream is presented by Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. I am Coulter Nuanez. I have so many basketball-oriented guests. I know it's Super Bowl week. We're going to blow the Super Bowl all the way out tomorrow. Brooks Nuanez is going to swing by uh, for both uh, half an hour and both the first and second hours of Nuanez now tomorrow. And so we'll uh, revisit some of the gambling aspects of the game, some of our favorite traditions, and just break down the actual big game for you as well. But this time of year... It's basketball season, and I think that we've become a football state in the state of Montana, but Montana's always been a basketball state first and foremost because I think it's the sport that's most easily played and most loved in so many of the small towns around Montana. By the way, if you are watching on SWX Montana television around the state and you're in one of those great small towns, lucky you. One of the best places in all the world to live is small town Montana. I love small town Montana. It's funny because most people around the world think Missoula is a small town, but Missoula is a giant city compared to most places in Montana. But if you're out there watching from Livingston or Harleton or Lewistown or Townsend or wherever you might be, 
Augusta, one of my favorite small towns. We appreciate you being here, and uh, lucky you that you get to live there. There's a ton of basketball on the docket tonight. First and foremost, starting with the Division I college teams from the state of Montana. The women are home, so Montana State is hosting Weber State for a set this weekend. And in case you hadn't heard the memo or you forgot, it's back-to-backs now. Thursday evenings, Saturday, sometimes even mornings, but right around noon, uh, the same opponent two weeks in a, two games in a row in the Big Sky Conference. So uh, about 4.30, we'll, we'll uh, welcome in Krista Redpath for our weekly Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops breakdown, those Montana series, and also look around uh, the rest of the league to some of the other intriguing matchups that might be coming down the pipe. The men's teams are on the road, so we have interviews from all sides of all the matchups that are going to commence tonight. We're going to start out with Portland State and Montana. Portland State hosting Montana. Portland State sitting there at 2-4 and four in Big Sky Conference play. In about five minutes, we're going to hear from Barrett Peary. He's the head coach at Portland State. Uh, we'll also, in the second hour, hear from both Travis DeKear from the University of Montana as well as Cam Parker. He's a junior guard for the Grizz basketball team. Second hour, we'll also hear from Danny Sprinkle. His team is at Weber State um, this evening as well. That's probably the game of the week in the Big Sky Conference. Also have some more basketball news from the prep ranks. Rhett Reynolds, who's a six foot nine forward from Shelby, Montana, up there on the high line. He's committed to the Montana Grizzlies. He announced his commitment on Twitter. So an in-state guy coming to play for Travis Secure. That's something I think a lot of people have been pretty hungry for. We'll also give you a look around the rest of the big sky as well. But let's get into it. We got to talk a little bit about Portland State. Portland State right now is two and four in league play. That puts them in second to last place in the Big Sky Conference. The only team that's below them is Idaho. Idaho is 0-10 in Big Sky Conference play. That said, I think Portland State's one of the most talented teams in the league. It doesn't mean I think that they're one of the best teams in the league. In fact, I don't think they're very good at all. But I think there's a lot of factors that go into that. First of all, if you followed the news and concern to practice times and availability when it comes to this pandemic, Portland, University of Portland and Portland State probably got the short end of the stick compared to any other Division I teams in the entire country. They weren't allowed to practice flat out, not at all, no individual practices, no get-togethers whatsoever for a couple months longer than almost everybody else in the country was able to practice. So that put them fully behind the eight ball. Then you talk about Barry Barrett Peary's team. Portland State lost one of the most talented players in the league, a unanimous first-team all-league selection in Holland Woods. He was arguably the best guard in the league or one of the best guards in the league a year ago. He transfers to Arizona State. So that left them a little shorthanded. They also graduated several players from last year's team, including Sal Nunu, who was one of the best rim protectors and best rim runner, you know, rim-to-rim type guys in the league. He was the snake, the head of the snake on that press. A six-foot-ten guy who could really, really move and he could guard on the perimeter. Great weapon. He graduated as well. So Portland State comes into this year with nine newcomers, no returning starters, zero, zero returning starters. I've never seen that for a team in the Big Sky Conference. That's part of the way of the world and the way that this is all gravitating. And you heard from Randy Ray from Weber State earlier this week, and if we have an extra moment, we might play a little bit of that interview later on in the show as well. But we talked with Coach Ray. He's been in the league for 16 years, and he talked about the necessity of having to go after transfers now if you want to stay old because everybody is trying to get old and stay old, and because everybody has so many transfers coming in and out, the only way to really have upperclassmen all the time every year and not have a dip where you have to have a rebuild, sort of like what Montana's going through, is to bring in the transfer. So what did Portland State do? They went out and hit the transfer wire. 
James Scott, he's a transfer from Temple. He's their leading scorer, scoring 15 points per game. Amari McCray, the first time I ever saw this guy, you want to know what I thought? I thought, this guy's getting drafted. You're saying, oh, how does there a guy that I've hardly heard of playing at Portland State that's getting drafted? When I say I think he's getting drafted, I think he's getting drafted in football, not basketball. You look at this guy, he's listed at 6'10", 265. Uh-uh. This guy's three bills for sure. He is massive, and I don't mean fat. I mean fit and thick. He is so put together by Brother Brooks, who's our photographer at SkylineSportsMT.com. He's got a couple pictures. I mean, this guy is an absolute specimen. I was so impressed with his body. I think that he's a guy that could go to the NFL as maybe a goal line type tight end or a tackle. I don't know if he has those sort of football skills or toughness or anything, but I guarantee you he's going to get some calls because he's got the body. He's got a body like I've never seen before, but he's a, he's a transfer as well from Pacific, a grad transfer. Khalid Thomas, probably the tallest player that can play on the wing in the Big Sky Conference. He's a six foot ten guy. He's got great length. He played at Arizona State previously, so you know he has high-level talent. And he's also their second-leading scorer right now as well. But he he does a lot of what they like to do in the press, too. He's a key element of that. So you got an ASU transfer on the roster. you got Elijah Hardy, who Danny Sprinkle, Montana State's head basketball coach, when Montana State was taken on Portland State, called Elijah Hardy perhaps the fastest player in the league. He's a transfer from Washington. And then you got Charles Jones. He's a transfer from Utah. So you're talking about bringing two Pac-12 transfers off the bench. You also have a variety of JC guys. So Barrett Pierce figured out a way to at least reload his roster. And although Portland State's sitting there at 2-4, and four, they do have a win over Weber State, which is a good one early on in the year. And I think that they're a team, if and when they start to click, they're going to be a team that no one wants to play. They play a totally unique style. A lot of people would call it huck and chuck because they don't really have any semblance of flow offensively initially in the half court. But they send all five guys to the offensive glass. They're going to try to beat you on the offensive glass and beat you in the rebounding margin from start to finish. They're going to press you from start to finish. So if they can create chaos, which they're the best in the league at doing, and speeds you up, it could cause havoc. So I think Montana, a team that's 3-5 and five in league play, but the five losses include a double overtime loss, two one-point losses, and a loss at the buzzer, and then another loss where they blew an eight-point lead late and didn't score for the last six minutes of the game. You talk about all of those losses. I mean, they, they, they're they the what coulda, shoulda, wouldas of the big sky right now. They, they could definitely have... You know, six and two, seven and one record in league play, but instead they're three and five. But you just wonder with the young guards like Brandon Whitney and Robbie Beasley, Josh Vasquez, how do they handle this press, this chaos? And the last factor here is Portland State has beat Montana three out of the last four times. They even won a Missoula uh, pretty recently as well. So uh, this is going to be an interesting matchup. These, these are must have games for the Grizz playing a team that's towards the bottom of the standings. And coming off of a break like they have. Because they got the Cat Grizz games canceled last week. So that means they had a little extra time off. They haven't played since the Saturday of January 23rd against Sac State. So they definitely have, uh, they should have fresh legs. How do they handle the press? We'll see. We're going to hear from the Grizz side of this thing in the second hour. But right now, on Nuwana is now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Statewide SWX Montana Television. Barrett Peary, head coach for the Portland State Vikings. We go down to Rangich Brothers RV phone line for our Coach's Corner, presented by Opportunity Bank of Missoula. We welcome in the head coach for the Portland State Vikings, Barrett Peary. And, Coach, thanks so much for being with us. I know it's been a crazy year so far, but now we're kind of into the flow at least a little bit of the Big Sky Conference season. How's things been for you and your team? 
You know, flow is a loose word right now, but I guess it, I guess we are in some sort of flow, and I think Travis would probably say, say the same thing. It's just kind of flow has been the hard thing to get a hold of because right when you think things are going normal, there's a cancellation or a pause or all the above. And so uh, we're getting there. You know, ours has been unique. I'm sure you heard, you know, we just finished up our second month or eighth week of basketball period. You know, we didn't even start basketball until Thanksgiving Day. And, you know, we, we, we weren't allowed to do anything all summer long or all fall until Thanksgiving. And so we, f- we feel like it's about uh, November 1st on our calendar, to tell you the truth. But then I look at it, and it's February something. So 12 games into it, two months of basketball, here we go. And, you know, we just took, we just took a test. We're waiting to, t- waiting to call Trav and the boys and tell them to get on the bus and get out here and let's go. <laughs> How difficult has it been for your team? Because I know when we talked earlier, when you came on the show during the non-conference, uh, you guys hadn't had a chance to have very many practices, and you sort of about were behind the eight ball because of a lot of local and government regulations. So, And you have so many new newcomers on your team as well. So uh, has it been a little bit behind the learning curve to get everybody on the same page? And do you think you guys have, have made any progress in, in making up for maybe where you were behind? Yeah, we've made great progress, but I, I I would tell you that we felt like every day we've been trying to play catch up a little bit. Just you know, just simply know the guys and, and know their strengths and weaknesses, and then try to put the team together. Um, I guess I never realized. I thought I knew being cocky and arrogant, but I, I guess I never realized how much gets done all summer long and all fall until you don't have it, and and all the little things that you know, pieces that go into the hole. And so when we started playing, you know, on that Thanksgiving day, that first day of practice, you know, we had four or five days before the first game. So we were throwing the hole in without any of the pieces. And so what we've ended up doing is we've we've had to go back and really clean up a lot of the pieces and just get things cleaned up so they could be run right and done right. And again, like I said, you just don't realize how much gets done in the off season until you don't have it. Barrett Peary joining us. He's the head coach for the Portland State Vikings. His team hosts the Montana Grizzlies here this weekend for a double set. And so, Coach, start there. I've asked every coach in the league this because I find it fascinating. What do you think of the back-to-backs against the same opponent? Because it seems as if there's a lot of adjustments that can be made between Thursday and Saturday. Yeah, I think you get the opportunity, win or lose, to make adjustments for sure. I don't know that anybody's ever getting comfortable with it yet. Um you know, we were a part of a weekend way early in the season where we had Weber early on and got got drilled by 30 on Thursday and then won on Saturday. So um, I think adjustments are good, um, and, and you get an opportunity to do that. You know, I think it's scary to win on the first night because then maybe you can have a letdown and have to play that same team again. So I don't know. I, I think it's still a work in progress, and, and coaches would probably say the same thing. They'd like it to be more traditional. I'd much rather be playing Montana and Montana State on a given week as opposed to the same team twice. I, I, don't, I guess just being more of a traditionalist, I just think it's more fun on top of all that. Well, speaking of the University of Montana, they're on their way to you here pretty shortly. I think they're probably about to get on a bus here in a minute. So what do you think of just the matchup overall with the Grizzlies? I know Montana, uh, when you look at the record, has struggled a little bit at 3-5 and five in league play, but they've been in one-possession games in, in all of their five conference losses. So what's your overall evaluation of the Grizzlies? Yeah, no, you hit the nail on the head. They could have a completely different record. They've been in absolute dogfights. Um, 
and some have gone their way and some haven't, as you said. You know, they got a good group. Trav's doing a good job with this team. Obviously, Owens and Stedman have done a great job around the basket. Um, you know, young point guard Whitney has really come on and done a great job for a freshman. I really like him. And then, you know, Josh Vasquez is playing solid and doing exactly what he does. Got guys coming off the bench. And so I think they're finding their identity like a lot of us. And, you know, Trav's trying to, you know, mix in some new players with some returners. Um, and so they're finding themselves a little bit, maybe not shooting the three ball or playing as fast as they have in years past but really finding their identity, you know, and then on top of that, you know, they're really, really good at at being efficient um, as far as, you know, possessions and and free throws and getting themselves fouled and capitalizing on those type of things. So I think they're finding their identity. But, you know, Owens and Stedman are doing a really good job around the basket for sure. It's an interesting fold because Montana has one of the more talented front lines in the league. They can go big. Uh, more than maybe anybody in the league when they play certain lineups. But they also have some talented guards as well. But your team has some size as well. And I've been really impressed with some of the athletes that you got. Uh, A couple guys that have some of the most formidable bodies in the league. So what do you think of that matchup? Do you think you at least have the personnel to match up with Montana in the front court? Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of size and length in this in these games this weekend for sure. You know, our fours and fives and their fours and fives are, are big and long and do things around the rim at a high level. So I think it's a good matchup, you know. And then, like you said, Travis has gone really big at times when he has Bannon playing the three. You know, that that's a big, long team, and, and so they've done a good job on the glass as well. But, yeah, I think both groups have fours and fives that are big and long and experienced and can get stuff done. So... It should be fun to watch that way. Barrett Peary joining us. He's the head coach for the Portland State Vikings. Portland State hosts Montana for two this weekend at the Stott Center. And Coach James Scott, a transfer that's coming to your program, has been really good, one of the best scorers in the league. Uh, So what's that been like? What's the process for him acclimating your team been like? And what have you thought of his performance so far, uh, being able to score the ball like he has? You know, we put a lot on his shoulders. I knew he was going to be a good player for us. But, you know, when we brought him in, I thought he'd be a wing. But we moved him to the point. So there was an adjustment there for sure. And I think he's still finding his rhythm and and, and getting comfortable in that spot. And he's doing a good job. You know, like I told you earlier in the show, um, just getting comfortable, getting guys comfortable in their spots. Even guys that are experienced good players, you know, like Khalid Thomas, you know, Monty Scott, you know, Amari, all these guys just getting them comfortable in this system and, and, and kind of, you know, like everybody has to do, creating a window and a picture of where guys know they're going to get their shots, where they're going to get their opportunities. And I, I think that's where we're coming along and growing as a team as far as guys just understanding what their roles are and understanding where they're going to get theirs within how we play. Talking to Coach DeCure like we do each week, he's talked about just what it's like to have nine new guys on the roster when you're trying to figure out the chemistry, the, the rotation, and all of that. And Montana, I mean, they've had, I think, I think they've had nine different guys that have started games this year, including six of those guys who had never started games with the program before. So that said, it's, it's easy to see yeah. why maybe they've lacked continuity early, but it seems as if also when you're scouting them and breaking them down, you might see a different version of the team each time you look at them. So, I mean, is it tough to scout Montana since they have played so many different types of lineups and and iterations of of guys on the court together? Yeah, it is. And, you know, I would echo, you know, and I agree with Travis wholeheartedly, and I think you see that in the standings, you know. I think you've got the Eastern Washingtons and the Weavers and the Southern Utahs and the Sac States 
who are much more experienced with more returners, and so I think they have a little bit of a leg up this first half of the Big Sky season. Trav, having nine new guys, I've got 11 new guys. I think that you've seen us both play a lot of different ways and do different things, trying to find what's best, different lineups, different starters, all of that. So, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. I think Trav hit the nail on the head. Just trying to find a rhythm and find find the guys that click the best. You know, and we're both trying to integrate some freshmen in there, too. His freshmen are doing a really good job getting situated, you know, and, and understanding their roles. Obviously, Whitney's done a great job and a couple others as well. You led me right into my next question then, Coach. You guys like to put so much pressure on the ball handlers. And Montana, they do have a bunch of guys that are talented but maybe not experienced and have not seen your style before. So is that a, is there an opportunity there for that to be an advantage for Portland State these next couple nights? Well, we need to try to make it for sure. You know, Wendy's done a good job. You know, they got Parker, who's very experienced. He's a local guy right from here. So we know him real well. Um, we need to try to make it hard for sure and, and not let them have easy opportunities and get where they need to be. You know, when when Whitney and Parker get to go wherever they want to go, they can make a lot of plays for themselves as well as, well as for others. You know, you see with their assists and their opportunities. So we can't let that happen. we got to do a good job defending them, especially as they handle the ball and try to direct the show. Coach's Corner presented by Opportunity Bank of Montana. Barrett Peary joining us. And, Coach, we'll get you out of here on this. What's it going to take for your team against Montana? What are the keys for Portland State to get a couple victories this weekend? You know, I think you're going to have some possessions with both teams where it gets slowed down a little bit and grind deep into the shot clock. So I think we're going to have to guard without fouling because Trav's doing a great job with those guys getting to the line and they're capitalizing on it. I think rebounding with all these big bodies on both teams, rebounding is going to be, be a big deal. Second chance opportunity is going to be a big deal. And then I think those point guards from Montana, you know, we got to do a good job defending them and not letting them get to where they want to be all the time and be comfortable. You know, we have to do a good job with that. And then on our end, we got to find the shots that we're supposed to take and get good shots that way. Barry Peary, Portland State head coach, our coach's corner, presented by Opportunity Bank of Montana. Coach, best of luck. We'll be tuning in for both the games. Uh, but we hope to, hope to talk to you soon, probably catch up with you sometime before Boise. But either way, hope to see you in Boise. That would be great to watch some live basketball in person. But either way, best of luck this weekend against Montana. Thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it, brother. Anytime. Barry Peary, one of our favorite coaches around here, fourth-year head coach for Portland State. Always gracious with his time, always fun guy to talk to. He's done a hell of a job at Portland State. They won 20 games his first year, and they've been over 500 all three of the previous three seasons. That he's 54 and 44 overall, and 52, or excuse me, 32 and 26 uh, in Big Sky Conference play. So you might say, okay, that's only a few games over 500. But you got to remember, in this league, varying levels of expectations. If you're sitting there flirting with a top four seed, then you're doing a good job. And Portland, if you're at Portland State, and so you know, there's several teams that should always be in the mix for league championships: Montana, Weber State, Eastern Washington. We'll see if Dave Springer can get Montana State there. But um, Portland State, I mean, if you're flirting with that that first round bye, you're doing a good job. If you want to watch the Grizz tonight, head on over to the Silver Slipper. They have 55 TVs for you to watch all the action. Whether you want to watch the Super Bowl or you want to watch college hoops, you want to watch MMA, or you want to watch the Grizz. Silver Slipper will have it on for you. 
Drink specials every day, 20 Kino machines, a liquor store, and Tarantino's Pizza. There's nowhere else you should be watching your favorite team at the Slipper. It's all about great food, tasty drinks, and the urge to have a good time. Oh, and the card room, it's back open with games nightly at 7 p.m. Just call or text 333-1500. That's 333-1500. Or visit MissoulaPoker.com for more info. Stop by today and see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets. Around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops with Chris Redpath, our Big Sky Women's Basketball expert, right after this. It is Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Hi, this is Kim from the Wingate in Missoula. If you need a break from the everyday same old, same old, we want to be your home away from home. With comfortable rooms, a great breakfast, and a super fun indoor water park, the Wingate of Missoula is the ideal place for a quick getaway without having to go away. Let us give your family a little quality time together or ask us about our birthday parties. Work like an adult, play like a child, and sleep like a baby at the Wingate of Missoula. Welcome back. Nuana is now 102.9 ESPN Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television. Time to get into one of my favorite segments every Thursday. It's around Big Sky Women's Hoops with Krista Redpath. She joins me each and every Thursday right in the middle of the 4 o'clock hour here to break down all things Big Sky Conference women's basketball with a heavy emphasis on the teams from Montana. Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops, proudly presented by Pangea. I know it's crazy, but Valentine's Day is coming up. You can go celebrate Valentine's Day early at Pangea. Beat the crowds with a Friday or Saturday date night regular menu and Valentine's Day specials available this weekend and next weekend. Pangea Steak Oscar Beef Tenderloin topped with Dungeness Crab Cakes and a Bernays Sauce with Asparagus. That sounds delicious. Remember, though, however, Pangea is closed on Valentine's Day because they're still closed on Sunday and Monday, but they do have new adjusted hours, Tuesday through Saturday, 11 a.m. until 11 p.m., so you can go a little bit later. But go celebrate Valentine's Day early at Pangea, and also stay tuned, 361-3688, 361-3688. Not now, but momentarily. We're going to give you a $25 gift card to get started at Pangea as well. Krista, hello. How are you? Hello, Coulter. I'm good. Very good. Uh, we... Um, are going to spend a little bit of time on last week's rivalries games, but we've t- talked a lot about it, uh, both with Riley Corcoran and Sean Rainey already this week. So uh, no need to beat a dead rivalry horse here. Uh, we already know Montana State swept. That's the third season in a row that they've swept. Uh, but you were on the call on Saturday. Um, I think with the rivalry element of the games aside... There was a little bit of a silver lining for the Lady Grizz side of things, but also I thought a tremendous progress shown by the Bobcats, and it seems like they're a team that's uh, sort of teetering on this uh, platform to maybe explode here pretty soon and and really go uh, take it to the next level with a really young team. So just your analysis of the rivalries last weekend. Well, I think both teams grew up in certain ways. I mean, you could could look at it in both. And again, because I was on the call, I had to go back and rewatch it to really understand where I could see Montana and what type of progress they're going to make using this game to get better. They found a way to get the ball inside to Carmen and Abby. That was what they needed to do. They did some adjustments on the offensive end. They reversed the ball a lot more. They took away that on-ball screen up high that they kept trying to force in the first game. I think that turnovers were less. I mean, other than digging themselves into a hole in the first quarter, it was fairly even. Um, But you have to hand it to Montana State because they came out as the more authoritative team. I mean, they just came out and you just knew from the beginning, Tori Martell hits that shot. 
you know, and you just saw the spark with that team, which is just special. And that you couldn't deny that. So much of the ebbs and flows of a basketball game, too, are who can seize the momentum, but also who crumbles at moments under the weight of the momentum. And I thought that you could tell with Montana State right out the gates. They get off to a great start. 13-2, to they're winning the game. But even when Montana would make their pushes, Montana State never really looked nervous or got tight. They kind of just responded. And, right. they, and Lady Grizz had a bunch of great runs. I mean, they cut it to four once and five twice in the last five minutes. But Montana State would then respond with their own run each time. Darian White smooth. I mean, she had, ni- she had 19 points. I mean, Tori Martell had 10. They were timely 10. Then, you know, we talk so much about Lexi Deaton and Leah Beatty and the freshman, Caitlin Lamardo, but then you have to look at Taylor Jansen. She comes, Sky Lindsay, who's not a freshman, as a, as the sophomore, you know, sure, transfer. transfer yep. But I mean, Taylor Jansen comes in, bang, knocks down 11 points. I mean, more than any Bobcat has scored in any quarter this year. Thank you to Tom Schultz for that. <laughs> Great stuff, um, Tom. But I mean, I really think that you look at that and you just go, okay, Montana State all of a sudden is deep. How did this happen? They have young kids. They have six new kids this year. And all of a sudden you hear, listen to Coach Benford. She's talking about their depth helping them. And I'm like, they just elevated themselves into the top tier of our conference with this sweep over Montana. And they really did some damage with sweeping NAU. And then they sweep Montana. And that just put them right into the mix. Last question on this. And then I want to analyze each of these teams moving forward. What do you think is the biggest difference right now between the two programs? Well, I think obviously we got a new coach this year with Coach Petrino. He yep. was under Coach Swain, so I think he's got slightly a different system. You know, they have newcomers as well, not all freshmen. We have some junior college kids that have come in. And I think that personnel-wise, um, you know, I see some really good options for Montana. I do. I love the way Sophia Styles plays and Kendall Keller. I think the more they play, the more chemistry that they'll generate. I see really good things from them. Montana State, I see a seasoned program that is a winning culture that Coach Binhurd has overlaid. And she's managed to graduate all those kids and still keep that winning culture with these new players. And, you know, you, you look at like a Gabby Maki who comes on and, and has her moments. She was part of this championship team last year. There's just, you could go down the lineup and see these kids. Coach Binford has done an excellent job. Coach Binford has done an excellent job. And I, to me, I, I, do, I think your analysis is spot on. Talking to some people from Montana State, when the game was in Bozeman, I got some texts and they said, this is the most talented team I've seen. Talking about the Lady Grizz. And I think it's very apparent the top-tier players on the Lady Grizz are among the best players in the conference, particularly talent-wise. I'm just so interested to see if and when they can gel. And I also think on the other side of things, I asked Trisha Benford this after the game, and I said, Coach, what's it like to actually coach a team where everybody is so young that you can just see them tangibly get better every weekend? And she said, I'm having the best time I've ever had as a coach. And I think you can totally see it, the amount of fun that they're having, But I also think Trisha Benford and her staff, they deserve so much credit for having the patience to do it because they played an incredibly hard non-conference schedule. They decided to go all in on playing five freshmen in the rotation from the very beginning. And there was times during the beginning of the year where they were just horrific to watch sometimes because they would just be turning the ball over all the time. You could tell they truly didn't even know how to run the offense, but then they would, now they're starting to click. And so it's, it's almost as if they're turning this major corner. And I think it honestly, it makes them maybe the most intriguing team in the league. They're going to be somebody that nobody wants to face in Boise. Right. I mean, they did split with Northern Colorado and Portland State, and those were painful games on the games that they lost. There was some definite areas they had to go back and correct, but Coach Benford did. I mean, they come back out, they sweep NAU, they you know they sweep Montana. I mean, it, she definitely made some adjustments, and she's using her kids wisely. She's getting great minutes out of her young kids. 
We'll start here, City of Missoula. Lady Grizz are at home tonight. They're playing against Portland State. And I asked Coach Petrino this, but I want to know your take on this too. The Cat Grizz rivalry, the Grizz Cat rivalry, whatever you want to call it, it is absolutely the fiercest rivalry in the league. It's one of the fiercest rivalries in college sports, particularly when it comes to men's and women's basketball and football. Mm-hmm. For the, sure. The football game, though, the fact that it's played at the end of the year, it has this almost Super Bowl-like feel because not only uh, is it a huge game amongst in-state rivals, and particularly on the football side who recruit most of their kids from in-state, so it has ramifications for recruiting, bragging rights, all that. But also, because it's the last game of the season, a lot of times you win and you're in, you keep playing, you lose and you're out. Or, you know, even if you do lose and you're still in the playoffs, it might hinder your momentum. There's so much more ramifications to the result of the game. These basketball games, even though they're huge games, they're always played in the middle of the conference season. And so win, lose, or draw, you can't let it tank your whole season, right? Right. And they're usually spread out. Right. I mean, you can, can you imagine all eyes are on the women this last weekend with our men canceled? And then you put two of those rivalry games in one weekend and ask the teams to play one game in Bozeman and one game in Missoula. That's a lot of travel. That's within 24 hours they're turning around and playing again. So I think emotion was crazy high with all For of these sure. kids. Yes. Well, you, I mean, you could see it, the first six minutes of the first game was, I mean, you could tell the nerves were just over the top. I think they made one shot between the two teams because they were so nervous, but then once they got locked in, it was okay. But, I mean, to me, the key factor coming out of this on the Montana side of things is they just can't, they have to, you don't want to ever want to demean the rivalry, and I know coaches take a bunch of heat for everything they you ever say You never want to take the, away from it. It is a big deal. It's a big deal. Yes. But you also can't, it's just two conference losses. The Lady Grizz still have a lot of season left in front of them, and they're still absolutely right in the mix for uh, a top five seed and a bye. Well, right. I mean, they're four and four right now. So they are right in the middle and they're coming into a real critical part of the season. I mean, we're 32 days away from Boise. That's wild. That it just all of a sudden it just comes, Coulter. It's just here. And so I think Montana, um, there is any much in it as any other team right now. It is around the big sky in women's basketball. Krista Redpath joining me right here on Nuanas. Now we do this every Thursday during the four o'clock hour is presented by Pangea. Celebrate Valentine's Day early at Pangea. You can also celebrate any time. One of the best happy hours in town. Pangea right now, they're open Tuesday through Saturday, 11 a.m. until 11 p.m. Not open on Sunday and Monday, but Tuesday through Saturday, 11 a.m. till 11 p.m. And the happy hour is every day that they're open. So it's 4 to 5.30 every day, half off a house wine, all well drinks, and all draft beers. And you're going to get half off all appetizers as well. So go check out Pangea. And how about this? Right now, give us a call, 361-3688. That's 361-3688, number two caller. We got a $25 gift card for you to Pangea to go help you try one of Missoula's best new restaurants. Okay, so then on the Montana State side of things, Darian White told me, uh, on a Zoom press conference after the first game against Northern Colorado when Montana State gutted out uh, a game. It was an ugly game. It was in the 40s most of the game. I think they ended up winning by eight, and they didn't even get to 60 points. And she said, hey, this was probably the worst we've played offensively, but this is the best we've played defensively. She said, I saw something click in the way that we're communicating, especially with the freshmen. Well, I think Darian White plays so hard on both ends of the floor, right. and she's a catalyst for that team. But for her to recognize that, that's incredible. It is incredible. Uh, yeah. I you, mean, can, I, you can tell she's taking the coaching so well because she's almost like um, she she speaks exactly what Trisha Binford says. Like what Trish always says are the keys to the games, then Darian always repeats those. So you can tell she's observing the coaching so well. Well, and if, I mean, what a better 
combination there. I mean, when you look at what a great guard Trish was, Bader at the time, mm -hmm. I mean, what she could teach a Darian White and to get someone as a freshman to come in and just want to mesh and evolve and learn. Um, every team would like to have a Darian White. And I said that even in my open when I called the game with SWX. Every, mm -hmm. every team would like to have a, a kid like her. For sure. And so then they had this series against Northern Colorado where it was slugfest both sides, but they clicked defensively. Mm -hmm. Then the next weekend, you could tell they really clicked offensively against Northern Arizona and they lit it up. And then they kind of put it all together in the first game against the Lady Grizz. And so now it seems as if they can continue to improve on both sides of the, both on offense and defense, it seems like they're just such a dangerous team as we come down the stretch. Well, I have seen added pressure by Montana State. I mean, they're getting up in your face and making it very difficult to pass around. And so they make that entry pass just just so hard to do on the offensive end. And then you have kids going for steals. You got Darian White. I mean, Lexi Deedon also gets some steals. So I think they're a team that you just have to really watch because defensively they are improving. And one thing that I will say, Coulter, about Montana State they make good defensive plays, but they've turned them into offensive opportunities. Right. They've been able to actually score out of it. You got a player like Tori Martell, you can't lose her. You start running and she's open. She's got such a quick release. Montana State is very disciplined. They spread the floor and Darian does a great job pushing the ball up. That's where they just kill people is when they have a missed shot or they get a turnover because Darian White can transition so fast. I mean, they had 18 points off turnovers in that first win against Lady Grizz. So let's talk about the matchups this weekend here in Montana. Let's start here in Missoula. Portland State is an intriguing team to me because Lynn Kennedy uh, has built his team a little bit different than most teams in the league. When they had the, the array of just really long and tall athletes, that zone was killer. And we saw them beat the, one of the teams that I thought was one of the better teams that the league has seen in the last handful of years, and the Idaho women led by Michaela Friends and Taylor Pierce. But that zone sort of came, made that great story come to this crashing end. But no Ashley Bolston, uh, you know, no Sydney Riley, no Courtney West. Uh, but Portland State, they've shown flashes, including the last team to knock off this Montana State team. Montana State hasn't lost since they were in Portland. So what do you think of Portland State? And what do you think of the matchup with the Lady Grits? I think that zone is tough. I mean, you, you, when you put a tall kid out on the on the guard position, which they're not going to have this year, like you said, that with losing, with losing those key players, I think defensively they're all right. They've really struggled on the offensive end to find any consistency, Portland State. So I think that's going to be something that Coach Kennedy is really trying to say, hey, who are going to, who is going to, where's our identity? Who is going to score for us? You know, Kylie Jimenez is just a tough guard. We saw her win a conference championship. I mean, she led the team. You know, Desiree Hansen, Tatiana Strain. I think that they're a team that has just had moments, Coulter, but they haven't been able to put it together in consecutive games. Are you surprised so, that they've struggled scoring the ball? Because Jimenez is really good off the bounce, and Hansen's a really good scorer, and Stroman has had her moments too. She's shown flashes when she's healthy that she's really good too. I have. I have actually been surprised by them. I thought they would have been higher in the standings, yeah. honestly. And I think that we're making the turn in conference, right? So they still have Montana, NAU, Idaho, Northern Colorado, and Southern Utah left. Um, and they've showed moments. Um, but I think these games that, you know, here in Missoula will be critical to see where they're going to go. Are they going to slide even further down? Or are they going to be a, a leader and emerge into that middle tier? When you're talking about in-conference play, too, uh, and we see this in all sports, but when you have something that's really working for you well offensively, no matter what sport you're talking about, but, but particularly basketball, and then someone else in the league shows the uh, the most effective way to take it away, then all of a sudden it starts getting copied. I thought what the Bobcats did to Lady Grizz last weekend to take away their post stuff, uh, particularly Carmen G. Filler in the first game, 
and then Abby Anderson in the second half of the second game. I think teams are going to mimic that now. But then how do you adjust? I thought Mike Petrino did a really good job of adjusting to have Carmen G. Feller instead of just posting against the front, flashing in the middle of the key. They were getting her more touches. But I just think that teams are going to steal that now. They're going to want to continue to do that in the post. So I think that's the next step, right, for the Lady Grizz is to make sure that they can still get those post touches. Well, I like when Montana reversed the ball because I feel like they used the shot clock. They t- they made a better pass. They made a good entry pass to Carmen or Abby um, in the high post or low post. I think they started to figure that out. So offensively, hopefully, you know, with this more of a free flow motion that Coach Petrino's running, that they'll find some success. And on the other side, Montana State, I think, they're going to carry the momentum from the rivalry, but I think they have to avoid a letdown because they're playing a team that's really not even really been in hardly any conference games in Weber State. Weber State's really, really struggled. They have not had a conference win yet this year. I mean, their closest result was taking Southern Utah to overtime, double overtime, but Southern Utah is still sort of a mystery because they've only played four conference games. Um, so, I mean, what do you think are the keys for Montana State this weekend to not to avoid that letdown and, and stay hot? Well, I think that's going to be a, a, a theme for all of the rest of conference. Where are you going to have those letdowns? And I think if you're Coach Binford, you want to go out and execute your system. You want to work on your game. Weber State could be hungry. I mean, they haven't won yet. They've come close. You can't overlook anyone. And so I think Coach Binford, is she's going to treat them the same as she did when they were celebrating against Montana. I just know Coach Binford. So she's going to be on them. She's going to play her same rotations. And she's going to have high expectations for her kids. And if they're not playing as hard as they should be, she'll find someone else that will. And that is the one sort of um, flaw when you have freshmen, too, is that um, – They've had games where they've just shot the lights. I mean, that, that Saturday game against Northern Arizona, when Lexi Deaton and Leah Beatty were just lighting it, they, they, I think the biggest transition, and I think you would agree with this as a former player yourself, is finding ways to affect the game when you're not shooting well. Because there's going to be games where you shoot it well, but then if you if you just start over 5 from 3, you got to figure out a way to impact the game. And I just think that Montana State's going to have another wall that they hit where they experience the growing pains. Can they continue to lock it in in other elements of the game? Right. I definitely I agree with you there, Coulter. Tell me about the rest of the league. What other matchups are you watching? Because it's oh. actually interesting. These ones in Montana, I think both the Montana schools are, are favored, certainly. Uh, so that that means anytime that both the Montana schools are heavy favorites uh, in the in the weekend and they're at home, then that means there's going to be some some good ones around the league. So I mean, tell me, you said you you've been kind of you think you get to the point where now where we have some tiers in the women's league. Where are you at with the tiers? I really feel okay. So I feel like Montana State has pushed themselves into that top tier. They have. have to have that have. conversation about Idaho State and Idaho. I think Idaho State is obviously clearly above a 10-0 and 0 right now. Yep. But I look at their schedule, Coulter, and they still have to play Idaho, both the Montana schools yep. and Eastern. Yep. So they've got a hard second half of their season. And I, w- and I would look at Idaho and say, similar, they still have to make it through the Montanas and play Idaho State. So someone's going to come out losing. For I sure. I mean, someone's going to end up with a few losses there. I think the middle tier of the conference is really interesting to me right now. Northern Colorado, Eastern, Montana, and Southern Utah. And then you have Portland State and NAU just kind of underneath trying to creep their way back in. But when I look at those teams, I think Northern Colorado to me... Just because I look to the fact that they lost two to Idaho State, mm-hmm. okay, and they did sweep Eastern, yep. but every other team they've played, they've split, right? Okay, and so we know Alicia Davis. We've talked about Alicia Davis. We know she's, you know, she's just legit. She plays both ends of the floor really hard. But you look at Alexis Chapman yep. and Jasmine Gales and yep. Eisenbart. Those are the four kids that Coach Huth last year as freshmen really invested in. 
they're sophomores now. They've grown up a little bit. They've shown they can beat some of these teams. Maybe this is a team, they're 6-6 six and six right now, but as they turn for that second half of conference and they face off with Southern Utah, Sac State, Portland State, and Weber State, maybe they can come up with some wins there and really become an emergence in that top tier. Obviously, those coveted five buys are what you're shooting for, right? Around the Big Sky Women's Basketball, Chris Redpath joining me, Coulter Nuanez, right here on Nuanez Now, every Thursday during the 4 o'clock hour. Sponsored by Pangea. Pangea, go check out Ladies' Night. We actually had a winner for the gift card a couple weeks ago that said they had a great time at Ladies' Night. Ladies' Night is Wednesdays from 5.30 awesome. until close, half off the entire cocktail menu, and they're becoming... Uh, known pretty quickly around town for their exceptional craft cocktails. So go check out Ladies' Night. It's uh, one of the best uh, gathering places on a Wednesday night you're going to find anywhere in Missoula. The other one, I think that NAU is so intriguing to me too because I think that NAU, they're 5-7 and seven in league right now, but they have several different factors that I think that they could be a team that surges down the stretch. First of all, they already have the Montana schools and Idaho in their rear view. Out of the way, right? right? So they're going to have a little bit softer schedule. The other fact of the matter is that Karika Rashid has not been healthy, and she hasn't been playing as many minutes as people expected. I mean, she, right now, she's not even, I think she's like their third or fourth leading scorer, but you have to imagine if she gets healthy, that's going to give them a big boost. Right, they split with Northern Colorado, and, and she wasn't even really in the mix. Right. So you got to look at that as a plus. Like, she's not even out there. Mm-hmm. And so you, you definitely have to take that into play. Yeah, I, I, just, I think that they have a chance, once they get all of their personnel back and healthy, that they just, I, I just think that, all the X's and O's and all the stuff we can we can break down. Talent is the most important factor still, right? And I just think that Northern Arizona has a lot of talent. I do too. I feel, you know, they still have Radford Norndoff that aren't even playing right now. Exactly. And I think that they're taking a year for COVID and hopefully we'll see them back. You know, those are those are decisions you have to make within your program. But you can't argue with Shank, um, JJ Nakai. I mean, there's just some players that have proven that they've, you know, they've definitely shown the offensive surges and what they're capable of. I think a little wind was knocked out of their sail when they came to Bozeman, obviously, and, and dropped two. And gave up so many points. Yeah, too. and gave up a lot of points. I think that was really tough. Um, you know, I think the team that we don't know a ton about, Coulter, right now is Southern Utah. Right. And that's why I'm really curious to watch that game tonight, the Southern Utah game, because um, I really want to see Northern Colorado and Southern Utah and how they you know match up. Obviously, they've got Liz Graves, who's the leading scorer for the Big Sky right now. She's only played in four games, so her numbers look a little bit better than maybe what sure. they would be if she had a few more games. She played at Weber last year, played for BYU for two years. We just don't know enough about them yet. And I know that if they don't get their 10 conference games in, which we were talking about, they'll be an 11 seed because they won't be able to even be in the mix for those top seeds. It's going to be fascinating to watch it all play out. It's crazy how some of the cancellations and, and reschedules have actually impacted the, the standings in almost, I don't, positive is the wrong word, but like if you miss some of the good teams, it's advantageous for you. And I, I just, I think that that part is going to be so hard. We're, I, I guess what I'm saying is we're not going to have a gauge on the men or women league until we get to Boise, honestly. Well, it's so interesting because I make these little charts, Coulter. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a total chart person. Notes oh, yeah. handwritten. I'm kind of old school media. You I know, love it. I write I everything it. out. Um, but I was looking at like when these kids started playing. So Idaho started at the beginning of December with conference play. You know, they swept Sac State. We have some teams that didn't even start till the 7th of January. You look at Montana State, right. they didn't start till the 7th of January. Right. Right. So all these teams are going to be peaking at different times and trying to draw off of 
non-conference experience that maybe they didn't get until January. I mean, we've got some teams now. Idaho State's doing playing non-conference right now. I, I mean, it's just crazy. I was teasing Danny Sprinkle, Montana State head coach, who, by the way, will join us in the second hour here. Uh, I was teasing him a couple weeks ago. Montana State didn't play a Division One opponent on their home court until January 17th. His, he's like, I didn't even realize that because I'm trying not to think about it. But they played 11 games before they played an 11, a Division One opponent on their home court. That's 2020 and 2021 in a nutshell right there. Krista, thank you. It's always great, Coulter. I love coming in here. Great as always. Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops. Tune in every Thursday during the 4 o'clock hour. Krista Redpath joining us right here on Nuanas Now. And go check out Pangea. They have uh, expanded hours now. They're open Tuesday through Saturday, 11 a.m. until 11 p.m. It's one of Missoula's favorite new gathering places. We finally have an in-state recruit for men's basketball that's going to the University of Montana. We'll tell you more right after this. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. A man of the 50s, a man of can-do. Friends fall around him, yet he came through. Let them fall face down, if they must die. Making it easier to say goodbye. Right. Hey, welcome back. It's Nuanez now. I'm Coulter Nuanez. It's 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide, SWX Montana Television. If you want to listen to the show on the live stream, it's easy. Just go to 1029ESPN.com. Click on the Listen Live tab. There you'll find the stream. The stream is presented by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank. Your opportunity, if you want to give us a call, all guests join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. You can do that easily. 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. Eight, eight. You can also text that number as well. It's a Thursday, so that means we're very basketball heavy. We're going to go all in on the Super Bowl tomorrow. Brooks Nuanez, my business partner, SkylineSportsMT.com, as well as um, my brother, <laughs> is going to come on with us. I'm doubling up the Nuanez now for a little while. And uh, we'll also have a couple other Friday staples like Carolyn, our great friend, the chick who doesn't know sports, stopping on by as well. But it's Thursday, so we're loading up on all things Big Sky Hoops as well as hoops around the state of Montana as well uh, on the high school level. And it is time now for our Prep Extra presented by Farmer State Bank. Attention high school seniors and parents. Scholarship applications are now available at FarmersEBank.com. Farmer State Bank has 10 $10,000 scholarships that they will reward this year. That's $100,000 to Montana high school grads. Review the qualifications and fill out an application today at FarmersEBank.com. And hurry in because the deadline's March 15th. I know it seems like it's the middle of the winter and March always sneaks up on us, but guess what? March 15th is only about five weeks away. So go to FarmersEBank.com and uh, get yourself one of those sweet $10,000 scholarships. Farmer State Bank, your Montana bank, since 1907, member FDIC. This week's Prep Extra is a little bit about 
a high school kid and recruiting. Last night, the Montana men's basketball team picked up a commitment from a local standout from the High Line, Shelby Jr., Shelby High School, the Coyotes. Rhett Reynolds announced his commitment to UM via Twitter and confirmed that decision with several different media outlets. He tweeted, I'm beyond thankful and blessed to announce my commitment to the University of Montana, where I will further my academic and basketball career. Thanks to all my family, teammates, coaches, and friends. Go Grizz. Reynolds is a six foot nine post forward. He averaged a double double this last season, last season, excuse me, as a sophomore, and he's still averaging a double double this season as a junior for the Coyotes. Shelby has raced out to a nine and two record, and they currently sit in first place in District One B. They're one of the top five teams in the state, and uh, that's what happens when you have a six foot nine guy. That's a D one prospect playing Class B basketball. Reynolds, he comes from a family strong basketball ties. His dad, Tom is the Shelby head coach. His older brother, TJ, plays basketball at Montana State Northern. And I also heard today that his mom's side of the family related to the Goligoski. So Taylor Goligoski was a great player for the Lady Grizz, uh, who was a senior a year ago as well. So this is a, this is a good thing because I think that people in Montana love in-state recruits, particularly when it comes to basketball, because they're so rare. And I get that there's not going to be a, a just ton of Division One boys basketball players that come out of the state of Montana. I get that. But I do think that there's more than maybe the two schools give them credit for. And also I think that we've had some good ones in recent weeks, or excuse me, recent years that have gotten away, particularly Raekwon Evans, who's a big-time contributor at Florida State. He's from Billings Skyview. Uh, He's doing great. Uh, at Florida State down there for Leonard Hamilton. And then, of course, Raleigh Wooster from right here in Missoula, Montana, a Hellgate product who um, was in the mix and committed to the Grizzlies, but then ended up at Utah State. And he's tearing it up right now at Utah State. So uh, sometimes when you have they're, – they're few and far between, but when you have them, I think you got to keep them home. And the other thing is, you know, Alex Germer here at the University – or excuse me, at Missoula Sentinel, uh, he, he could play for the Grizz. And – they didn't really recruit him. I know he's not really their style of guard, but I think he's going to have. I think he's got a lot of upside. I think he's going to have a great career at Montana State. And so when you got guys that can play at this level and they're Montana guys, I think it's a good thing all the way around for your program. I think they're going to be committed to your program. I think they're going to stick around. I think they're going to provide uh, continuity and and fill whatever role you might want to give them. And so congratulations to Rhett Reynolds, six foot nine forward from Shelby High School who committed to the Grizz last night. It is our prep extra presented by Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. Hour one in the books. Hour two coming at you hot. We got Travis DeCure from the University of Montana. Danny Sprinkle from Montana State. Cam Parker, junior guard for the uh, University of Montana, and we might even get to Randy Ray, the Weber State head coach as well. It is Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia when you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore. You can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 